The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas on this March 21st, 2020, Saturday. Uh, kind of rainy. I don't know how it is in other parts of the state, but here in South Texas, it's uh, kind of rainy today, and it's cool. Um, we're supposed to have uh, a, uh, well, we had a cold front come through, and it dropped our temperatures down to uh, to the 50s, but get this. By next week, by the middle of next week, we're going to be in the 90s. <laughs> Rattlesnake time again. So, uh, you know, if you're out there in the countryside walking around, be careful. They're going to be coming out now. So, um, well, welcome to the show, my friends. Welcome to the show. We've got a very, very good show for you, as usual. Uh, we've got, uh, first of all, we've got Congressman Chip Roy. Uh, he is uh, the con- congressman from Texas, uh, District 21, Uh Congressman Roy uh, is one of the 40 congressmen that voted against the um, the uh, proposal or the legislation uh, last week uh, regarding the uh, the health bill, the uh, bailout. And uh, he's going to talk talk to us about why he voted against it. It was one again, again, one of these things where Pelosi threw it together real quick. And expected everybody to uh, just vote on it without uh, reading it. Uh, he, he says he's he got it at, uh, or that the the uh, the house got it uh, about uh, midnight on uh, Friday, and everybody was supposed to leave or or uh, get out of town on Saturday, of course, or on Friday itself. But uh, they got it late. Uh, the vast majority of the people of the congressman uh, he feels probably did not even read it. So, uh, you know, he's got a very, very, uh, I mean, let's face it, you can't govern this way, my friends. You cannot govern. This is very, very typical of uh, of governments all over the place. Uh, here in San Antonio, we recently had this past week, there was a proposal of uh, of an ordinance, of a city ordinance that, get this, would go so far, my friends, as to commandeer. That's the word that was used, commandeer, commandeer property for the use of uh of of the uh of addressing the uh the uh the COV uh the covid uh disaster. I mean it it it's incredible my friends that that a local government would would even use that word that they can commandeer property that was the word that was used. But this is and again this was uh this was a a a um an ordinance that was proposed very very late uh, on Wednesday, uh, didn't surface uh, till uh, sometime on Wednesday, and uh, it was going to be voted on and discussed on Thursday. So, you know, how are the citizens supposed to? I mean, first of all, uh, too many people don't pay attention to local politics, and they don't pay attention to what to uh, what the city is doing uh, with regards to ordinances. And this uh, this one, I, I you know. I am still not sure. I have not heard. They have not announced whether or not it went through. But in the name of an emergency, the city was going to commandeer private property. I mean, you know, are we in in, in, in 17th century America uh, with the British soldiers uh, coming in and being stationed in our uh, in our homes? I mean, it's incredible. Incredible. But this is uh, so anyway, we're going to be hearing from uh, from Congressman Roy as to why he voted and, and uh, what he thinks needs to be done. I mean, Congressman Roy, if anything, is a true conservative and very, very level headed. I mean, he is uh, not one of these tinfoil hat type people uh, who sees conspiracy. He's very, very level headed, very, very level headed. We also have we also have um, Todd Benzman and Todd Benzman is going to be uh, he's from the Center for Immigration Studies and Todd's going to be talking to us. Uh, about uh, the situation of uh, the border, the unsecured border, and uh, the COVID uh, epidemic. Uh, we've had all sorts of diseases crossing over into uh, the United States for a long, long time. I mean, you, all you have to do is talk to some of the Border Patrol agents, 
And they'll tell you how often there have been uh, situations like measles and mumps and uh, other other uh, communicable diseases that have been crossing over. And uh, the ma- mainstream media has not said anything. Well, typical, the mainstream media is not saying very much about Chinese that have crossed over the border uh, illegally. Uh, we reported last week um, that about uh, about 300 uh, so far this year have been apprehended just since January have been apprehended at the border. Uh, and, uh, oh, excuse me, 900. The figure is 900. 900 Chinese, Chinese nationalists have been, uh, have been, uh, nationals, not nationalists. <laughs> nationalists would be Chiang Kai-shek's people. Um, at any rate, uh, 900 uh, na- Chinese nationals have been apprehended at the border. Uh, since January. And, 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 you know, this is again, my friends, this is when when the uh, when COVID was beginning to uh, get get going in, in uh, the Wuhan uh, province. How do we know these people didn't have uh, the, the virus, weren't carrying the virus with them? They crossed illegally. And how do we know that they didn't infect our Border Patrol agents? They came across illegally. So uh, Todd Benzman's going to be talking about that. He's going to be talking also about uh, Iranians that are crossing, uh, that are demanding to come across, as well as uh, the other crazy stuff that um, that uh, the liberals are proposing uh, with regards to the uh, to the border, and we'll chat a little bit about that in a few moments. Finally, we've got um, another one of the angel moms, uh, angel parents, because we've had uh, angel dads as well. But uh, Miss Sabine Darden uh, is going to be chatting with us. And telling us the story about how she lost uh, her child uh, to an illegal alien. And uh, again, my friends, these stories of the angel parents, these stories of the people that have lost uh, a loved one to uh, an illegal alien. Think about that when I explain to you the crazy ideas that are running around right now, particularly as they pertain to judicial reform. Okay, keep that in mind. So having said that, let me transition to the topic, to the main topic that I wanted to chat with you regarding the news, because it has become very, very, it is a rampant idea that is going on right now, releasing prisoners. Now, whether or not that is a prisoner that is in a county jail or the demand, and that is the word that I will use because that is what is uh, being demanded. That's the word. Uh, by uh, pro-immigrant groups, they are demanding the release of illegal aliens or detainees, okay? Now, I am not sure what they are thinking, but first of all, for a county sheriff, a county judicial system to be releasing prisoners because they are afraid of the, of the infection of COVD in the prison, in the, in the jails, I'm not sure, you know, how I can think of because... The downside of releasing these people is that, first of all, you're releasing criminals back into society. That's number one. Number two, suppose they already are infected and you're releasing them back into society. Okay? Those two things alone are reasons why they should be confined. While everybody is hunkered down in their homes, including yours truly, these uh, justice reform advocates... These folks, uh, and the vast majority of them, of course, are liberal Democrats, are proposing that, uh, or not proposing anymore, they are doing it. Here in San Antonio the other day, yesterday, uh, something like 200 uh, prisoners uh, were released from the jail. 200, 200, my friends. Now, these people, these are people immediately, they tell you, well, they're not real criminals. Well, why are they in jail if they're not real criminals? Why did you arrest them if they're not in cr- real, real criminals? They're petty criminals. Oh, 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 I see. So it's all right if they rob or, or, or commit, commit, commit a robbery that doesn't inflict pain on you uh, directly. But, uh, you know, and, and, and if that's the case, that's okay that we can, that we can release them. I mean, these are, these are folks that have been picked up for everything from uh, petty theft to fighting to drunk driving. Uh, you know, folks, we don't need to release these types of prisoners. That's the prisoners that are, that are being released. And it's happening all over the place, everywhere. It's happening in, in Houston. It's happening in Virginia. It's happening in Kentucky. It is happening in Los Angeles. It's happening everywhere, everywhere. These, uh, you know, the, these crazy liberal thinkers are letting prisoners out because they don't want 
the prisoners to be infecting each other in the uh, in the jail. Again, my friends, silly me. I thought a jail was uh, to punish people, not to uh, uh, not to worry over their uh, over their health. I, you know, uh, as harsh as that sounds, I'm sorry. Uh, I just cannot uh, believe that they want to endanger the rest of us, both health-wise as well as uh, physically safety-wise, by releasing j- by, by releasing uh, prisoners. That's number one. Number two, you've got this uh, craziness by uh, the pro-illegal alien groups. Uh, here in town, here in San Antonio, it's, one is called Raices, and it's very, very active, very, very loud. But these groups are demanding that the detainees in ICE custody be released. Now, why are they, again, same logic, that these people are confined in close quarters and that they uh, might infect one another. I got news for you, my friends. If they came across infected, they came across illegally and infected. And then we're going to release them into, uh, into our population? Here's an idea. Why not release them back into their own home countries? Why not release them back into Mexico or into Guatemala or El Salvador? Why not release them there? I notice very, very intelligently, very interestingly, that these pro-illegal alien groups never, never argue to release these folks back to their native countries. They want to release them here into the United States. Now, here's the problem with that. Okay. Two types of detainees that are, that, uh, are being held right now. Those that, are, that have been apprehended and are here illegally and you know, they're you know, waiting to be uh, deported. And then those who have been apprehended because they entered illegally and they are declaring they are asking for asylum. Consequently, they are waiting for an asylum hearing. Now, here's the problem with that group. Those people that claim asylum, those are the ones that used to be caught and released. Okay, they used to be caught and released. And you know what would happen when they would be released? Ninety percent of them never, never were seen again. So here we go again. Raices and other uh, pro illegal alien groups want us to go back to the same uh, situation that we used to have, where we catch these people, we release them and they disappear. They never are seen again. Well, I got news for you, my friends. We cannot do that. We must not do that. And you must call. You must call your congressman, even if it's a Democrat, and tell them and demand that they, they keep these people in. I mean, if the other side is going to demand their release, we should demand that they uh, be deported. If they're going to be released, release them back into Mexico. Release them back into Guatemala. That's where they need to be released to, you know? The second part of it, not, 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 you know, uh, of that whole quandary of releasing these asylum seekers, besides the fact that they don't show up, is uh, that they might be infected. Okay, so why would you want to release them into the general population to uh, infect the rest of us? Again, my friends, it makes no sense. It, it is just outrageous, this whole situation. Once again, my friends, I'm getting a little wound up again. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Um, let me just finish you finish with this uh, little little commentary real quick because uh, it, it's amazing to me. Joe Biden, um, Uncle Joe, is uh, is demanding, uh, regardless of the uh, COVID pandemic, he's demanding health care for all illegal aliens. Imagine that. Imagine that. Okay. He doesn't want a wall. He doesn't want uh, illegal alien criminals arrested and detained. And he wants health care for all of them. How about that? My friends, once again, George Rodriguez, we're going to go ahead and take a quick little break. And then we'll be back with uh, our first um, uh, interview. And that is with Congressman Chip Roy. Please, please, please call your friends. Tell them to join us. We'll be right back. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. El Conservador listeners, if you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. 
You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. And we have a, our very, very special guest, my congressman, uh, Congressman Chip Roy, talking to us from D.C. Uh, we uh, wanted to get him on so that we could chat with him about this current situation with the uh, coronavirus and the federal government's response and uh, what uh, he sees has been going on, particularly the recent legislation that passed and um we uh we want to get his uh his take on this congressman welcome to the show thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to chat with us tell us about um the uh government's response and um this recent uh bill that went through well happy to george first of all thanks for having me on uh obviously these are uh unique and different times um but the united states americans will rise to the challenges we always do um we need to be thoughtful right now the first and most important thing that we've got to deal with is making sure people take heart to the calls to separate and to not be in you know highly uh populated areas people are still not fully following that advice we should if we do that early we can figure out how to sort of tamp down the spread of this virus. Uh, but we need leaders in Washington who are also going to be sane and deliberate in looking through the legislation that people are opposing. And uh, that was not what occurred this last week. Uh, Thursday, Friday was a Nancy Pelosi and Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, negotiating a bill behind closed doors and not allowing Congress to do its job and debate and vote and uh, put forward a legislation that uh, we could all get behind on a unified basis. And there were 40 of us, frankly, many more than that, who had trouble with the legislation um, and ended up voting no. And I'm happy to get into whatever level of detail you want to in that. Well, the uh, I think that the major question or, or what the media has been playing up was uh, all they're saying is that you were against it. Uh, I guess the question that that many of us have is uh, to give us specifics about uh, what, what was in the bill that needed to be uh, – in it and what needed to be out of it. Well, first of all, let's do a little bit of process. On Friday, the legislation was being cooked behind closed doors, like I said. And as a result, uh, we didn't get to see the final package until 12 in the more midnight. And we're asked to vote on it at 1230. So, I mean, you didn't even get a Most congressmen weren't, weren't even given a chance or everybody was not given a chance to even even read it at that point. Right. I am not sure that one single United States congressman read that bill in full before they voted on it. And I'm quite confident that almost all do not. Wow. Um, I was. That's um, a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> about what we understood to be in the bill and what turned out to be in the bill, which was mandates. Uh, were mandates on small businesses, uh, any business below 500 employees, but carting out and exempting businesses 500 and up. And in that legislation, the mandates would be particularly burdensome on those small businesses. Now, the mandates might be well-intentioned. Ensuring the people who get sick, if they get sick under corona, would be able to take medical leave. Okay, that's, that's a fine goal. But when you have the government come in and mandate it, and now you've got to say small business that's got X number of employees, maybe 20 or 30 or maybe 75 or 100, and a big chunk of their workforce gets sick. They can't afford to do it. And so the government says, don't worry, we'll give you a tax credit to pay for it. And the businesses say, well, wait, that's on the back end. I can't afford to front that money in the front end, and I might go out of business anyway. And so we were trying to work through how to make any of that work. My solution was to open up massive small business administration loans immediately to get capital into the market because they need cash right now and tie any access to those loans to taking dollars and putting it aside for any of their employees who get sick. But no, we couldn't We couldn't amend it. We couldn't go through it and try to figure out how to do it the right way. That's one of many problems that this legislation that was jammed through without any of us looking at it. 
Well, the other thing would be that uh, you. It, it sounds like there was also more, more money being spent and there was no money being cut. I mean, there's things like uh, the Appalachia Trail Commission that I think uh, we should have gotten rid of a long time ago that could be that money. Uh, if you don't want to get rid of it, then just funnel it to, uh, to this crisis, right? Yeah. I mean, look, the, the most important thing we can do right now, well, there's two or three things. First, everybody needs to listen to leaders and separate. And that's much more than people think. We're talking church, small groups, coffee, everything, you know, businesses, whatever you can do. If you can work at home, try to separate to prevent the spread of the virus until we have our healthcare system able to manage it. Secondly, we've got to keep businesses going as best as we can while we're separating. So go get uh, gift cards from local restaurants. Go buy takeout or, or uh, you know, curb service. Do whatever you can. Double tip and triple tip if you go anywhere and you pick up some food for some entity. Um, and do what we can to keep them afloat. And then importantly, our leaders have got to get, get, get on top of this. And we got to get around the curve quickly so we can get our wheels of commerce back up and running so that we, we don't have, frankly, uh, the cure being worse uh, in the end if we don't get our economy uh, going quickly. Yeah, that's, you know, that that's very much my concern is that, uh, or a lot of people's concern is that, you know, uh, liberals and leftists will use this crisis to uh, to grow government and to uh, shrink uh, uh, individual rights and, and the economy, I mean, for crying out loud. No, that's right. And so uh, when we think about this, there's a lot of fear going on, understandably, but we should be rational. We've dealt with, with illnesses and, and pandemics before. There'll be pandemics in the future. We need to calmly and rationally go about our business. We need to keep every ounce of the wheels of commerce going that we can while separating. Be thoughtful and smart about it. If you own a business, figure out how your folks can work at home. If you have a business that is built around public uh, interaction, hotels, restaurants, etc., think of every creative way possible to use your resources. And then, yes, we need government to step in and help because government is telling everybody to separate. This is actually an appropriate role for government, right? You and I are both know I'm a small government guy. Uh, but if the government needs to, if the government is telling people that they have to stay home, then the government is causing, in effect, it's sort of like a taking, right? The government is saying, you know, don't engage in commerce. Then it is appropriate and right for the government to step in and say, all right, we got to provide capital to keep these businesses afloat. But it does no good, by the way, to have a mandate for sick leave if you don't have a job from which to take leave. That's right. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, the, the, there's so many, uh, nuances to that whole, this whole situation of how do you, uh, care for, you know, people who are, uh, at the bottom rung that do want to work, but they can't work at this point without creating a, uh, an entire new welfare class. Well, importantly, what we need to do, look, AGB is hiring right now. Some of the distribution companies are hiring right now. I think Amazon is stepping up and hiring right now. Look, the economy is going to transform in a heartbeat. It's the beauty of our robust, strong economy is that people will figure out how to adapt. If you are hurting, we need government assistance to try to get over the hump, and we need to keep businesses afloat as much as we can. But also adapt. Think about what you can do, what skills you have to offer. Go look and see because different businesses are filling the void, filling the gap. Some businesses, in Texas, for example, I talked to a business owner yesterday who changed his model and he's providing different services than his normal services because the normal services aren't as uh, useful right now. So now he's using some of his trucking industry to go help move, move food products around. We can adapt. We just need everybody to help each other out. You got to think about charity. You need to go down the street. You know, make sure seniors are taken care of. If you know a senior down the street, you can deliver something to them. Again, keep them germ free, uh, so that they don't have to go out and uh, get out into public and, and expose themselves. Well, that's very good, Congressman. Here at the last uh, of our of our interview, what would you? Uh, what counseling? What further counseling would you give uh, our uh, politicians? Our uh, our civic leaders, uh, our organizations, what, uh, what, what guidance would you give them? What counseling would you give them in this time of, uh, of crisis? Right now is not a time for partisanship or finger pointing. Um, everybody and all of our civic leaders need to come together and give thoughtful, level-headed advice. Now, whether you're an elected leader or whether you're the leader, say, of a church, a pastor, a priest, uh, whether you run a nonprofit organization, community organization, whatever it is, everybody needs to be thoughtfully figuring out how to step into the breach and fill gaps in our uh, in our community, in our system, in our economy right now, while always keeping in mind how can we be sanitary and how can we uh, minimize clustering of individuals, right? There are ways for us to adapt. We 
can increase drive-through lanes. We can increase the ability of, of you know, curbside pickup, delivery, uh, and getting more people bringing food to the doorstep. You know, let's revive the old uh, milkman, bringing the milk to the door, right? Like, whatever it takes to get through this. And then who knows? Maybe we'll learn some interesting things about ourselves. Maybe shutting down our constant go, 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 you know, go, go, go kind of activities. Maybe we'll spend some time with family and friends in ways that will be beneficial. There are always silver linings and things. And we got to figure out how to keep moving forward positively and help each other out and demonstrate that we can beat coronavirus with prayer, attitude, hard work, ingenuity, and yes, the appropriate role of government to gap fill in order to get us over the hump. Wow. Congressman, thank you very, very much. I am so happy that uh, that uh, we got you on, and I'm so happy to hear you talk the way you do. Thank you very much for everything you do. Folks, we've been talking with Congressman Chip Roy. Uh, any last uh, comments you want to give us, uh, Congressman? No, just pray, hard work, look out for your neighbors, and, and look, we're America. You know, we beat uh, Nazis, we put a man on the moon, we cured Doc Polio, we rebuilt Southern Manhattan after 9-11. We're going to beat the crud out of coronavirus and we're going to march forward. Thank you very, very much, Congressman. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer in San Antonio. Howdy, 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 friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And we've got our very, very good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, I reached out to Todd because, uh, well, Todd's a regular guest, and he's always full of great information. He, uh, on him to tell us about um, the Chinese illegal immigration that we've been seeing at our, our border, on the uh, our southern border. Uh, since we're uh, very, very concerned about the whole COVID-19 issue right now here in the United States, uh, this Chinese illegal immigration becomes a very, very important one. The other aspect of it is that there's also a uh, uh, Iranian rush for the border. Now, you know, besides the fact that uh, Iranians haven't been our friends, is the fact that Iran has also been hit heavily with the uh, COVID-19 uh, epidemic. And finally, we're going to chat a little bit about this, na- this or- national or this local organization in Texas here in San Antonio in particular called Raices. And the, uh, demand by these pro or, uh, illegal a- alien, uh, organizations, uh, although they call themselves pro immigrant organizations, the demand, uh, for them, for the United States, uh, particularly ICE to release detainees, aliens that are in detention. So, uh, I mean, stuff to talk about, Todd, but uh, you're, you've got information on it. Let's start. Let's tell, tell us first about this Chinese issue of uh, illegal immigration. Welcome to the show and talk to us. Okay, yeah, thanks for having me. This is an area of the response, the, the U.S. response, that is very rarely discussed. I don't know why. It's, it just seems like it's a normal part of the debate. If you're shutting down airline traffic from China because you don't want Chinese residents here or they might be carrying, uh, there's a regular steady traffic also, an alternative open border. Chinese coming in over for many, many years, by the thousands over the years, um, mostly in groups of maybe um, a couple thousand in any given year. Uh, fiscal year 2019, which is the most uh, recent available, we had about 2,060 Chinese who apprehended at the southwest border alone coming in and by um, Chinese syndicate, uh, criminal syndicates that, that uh, transport them through South America and then to the border where they claim political asylum and we usually let them all in. Well, when I talk to my border patrol sources about this, they tell me that, that first of all, there are no known cases of coronavirus among these migrants, but they are treating them with um, great care as though they did have coronavirus. So they're channeling them into facilities, isolation areas, testing them, 
when the tests come out, then they move to a, a, a as uh, as clear. They move them to somewhere else. The people that are handling Chinese migrants when they come in are usually wearing respirators and gloves, and in some cases, uh, hazmat uh, gear in the facilities. So the the border patrol and ICE are taking it seriously, even if the media doesn't think it's worth a story. Right. Just addressing it. Uh, one issue I'll just quickly get to about that is before we move on is that the incubation period for the coronavirus is supposed to be about fourteen days. The length of time for a Chinese migrant to leave the Fujian province or from wherever they're coming from to get to our border is about eight days. So there is plenty of time for carriers to from China to actually still have it when they and not be detected. Yeah, not be detected. Yeah, I think we've been lucky so far. And maybe the reason it's not been any kind of a story yet is because as far as we know, nobody has showed up with coronavirus. Fingers crossed. Right. Wow. Okay. So then now talk to us about this Iranian connection now as well. Well, it's the same thing. You know, when you shut down air travel, regular routes in uh, visas and everything else for a particular country, then, you know, they look for alternative routes. And there has always been a route for Iranians over the southern border as well. Very small numbers, I would say, you know, less than a dozen a year actually do it. But there is a route and they can do it. And Iranians do cross in over the southern border into Texas and California and Arizona. Uh, In December of 2018, I was down in Costa Rica doing some reporting and actually met four Iranians on their way in and interviewed one of them spoke English. So I was able to actually, you know, learn how they were traveling and what they had done to get there. And, uh, they had, you know, paid, uh, smugglers and had gotten air traffic, airfare, airfare rather to, uh, Brazil and Ecuador and uh, just simply hired smugglers to bring them to the border. They had gotten as far as Costa Rica when I met them. They were on their way to apply for a political asylum. So uh, Iranians do get in. Uh, I don't know how the Border Patrol is handling Iranians, but I suspect that uh, they should know that they should be tested, and um, anybody who handles them ought to probably take some basic precautions yeah because iran iran has been one of the one of the city one of the nations that's been very heavily hit uh with uh, the covid virus uh and again that's probably because of their very very close relationship with uh with china yeah the numbers for iranians are small the chinese uh, numbers are large comparatively but there's an alternative way for people from those countries to get right into the border, whether we like it or not, or whether they're uninvited. That's right. Specifically. And it seems to me like it's worth at least addressing. Exactly. An eye on. I'm not seeing any media addressing it. Well, well, let me ask you this, because this opens up the third uh, topic that I wanted to chat with you about. Um, Raices, that is an organization that's very, uh, active. In fact, I think it's the loudest active, active one here in San Antonio in South Texas. Um, uh, my understanding is that they've got a protest going, uh, to release the detainees, the aliens that are being detained, uh, in South Texas at the South Texas facility. Um, we're not hearing very much, I mean, uh, about closing the borders. And when we do hear about, closing the borders or at least uh, uh, taking care of the borders in some form or fashion to uh, uh, to protect American citizens like Canada did, did yesterday uh, on on Wednesday uh, of, uh, of of the 18th of March. They uh, went ahead and they closed the border uh, to non-essential uh, travel. And uh, when we try to do it, we've got organizations like Raices and others that just freak out. In fact, the aliens that are already here, they want them to be released. Talk to us about this situation. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, I'm on Rice's uh, mailing list, which is how I know this. So they're in, they're campaigning for money and uh, uh, politically to pressure members of Congress and uh, our, our Homeland Security officials to open the gates of the uh, detention facilities, especially some of the ones here in Texas. Carnes in particular, which is where the family units yeah, are Carn City, yeah, held. correct. I wanted to open the doors, saying that you know they're at risk of catching coronavirus, and and that they're in a in a kind of a petri dish for it. Uh, so they're they're putting pressure on to open the the gate, using the the crisis and the fear to you know open open the doors and of course you know these folks are never going to show up again anywhere they'll just disappear into the illegal population of the country uh, the border patrol and ice <laughs> who um control people who are apprehended at the border have access full access to hospital facilities there are facilities inside for testing but if somebody gets sick, they would be obviously removed from the population and brought into, uh, you know, a hospital, regular hospitals. Correct. Um, taking up beds. But we don't have any evidence that, that there's been an outbreak in those places. And I'll just say one other thing about that is that when these groups are arguing to release migrants, it's always into the United States ever back to where they came from. Correct, <laughs> correct. Mexico or some other place. I mean, if you're, if you're so afraid of the uh, COVID outbreak here in the United States, let's send them back to their home countries. Sure, or send them to Mexico to wait. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Mexico has even uh, closed down the, its border to uh, to Americans crossing. Uh, you know, it, it's amazing how these situations occur and but uh, these politically minded organizations try to uh, play the game uh, in their favor rather than uh, than to uh, actually watch out for the people they claim to be watching it's so disingenuous it is so disingenuous it's a manipulation it's a I think that that even they must know how obvious it is to their audiences that it's just a manipulation to try to leverage the situation, uh, general fear out there in the American public to just, you know, get a bunch more migrants to join the uh, permanent illegal population in the United States. That's what they want. That's what they're all about, that yeah, group. Exactly. Todd, thank you very, very much, as usual, for being with us and for sharing uh, very, very important information. Tell the folks how they can read more about you and how they can follow you. Sure. Well, you can find all of my work at ToddBensman.com, ToddBensman.com, and follow me on Twitter, BensmanTodd. Gotcha. We've been talking with uh, Mr. Todd Bensman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Have a good one, Todd. We'll talk to you soon again. Sure. Thanks for having me. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you're interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we have another one of our angel moms on the uh, phone today to tell us about her situation, about her tragedy. We have uh, Miss Sabine uh, Durden Coulter, who's actually talking to us from uh, uh, 
Arkansas mineral mineral wells or mineral springs, Arkansas, I believe it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> and um, but she's going to tell us about the tragedy that happened in California, where many of these tragedies continue to happen. Sabine, welcome to the show. Thank you for t- t- taking time to be with us. Tell us what happened to your loved ones. When did that happen, and how did that happen? Thank you, George. First of all, for having me and for giving so many of us uh, angel parents a voice for our children. Um, Dominic was my only child, and I'm a legal immigrant from Germany. It took me many years to become a citizen, paid my dues, and uh, at that point, I was married to a service member, and we moved to California. Dominic was 10, and uh, he was thriving in everything he was doing. He was very involved in helping the community, he was volunteering, and then he became a 911 dispatcher for the Sheriff's Department, working on becoming a police officer, motorcycle officer, and then a helicopter pilot, because he had his pilot's license. And on July 12, 2012, in Moreno Valley, which is Southern California, next to Riverside, he was on his way to work. Uh, on his motorcycle when an illegal alien from Guatemala with two felonies, uh, two DUIs, which he received probation for each time just five weeks prior to this date, um, he turned his unregistered and uninsured truck right in front of Dominic um, and killed him instantly. He was trying to flee, but two Marines were right behind Dominic and had to watch in horror what unfolded in front of him, and um, one held the guy back from fleeing, and the other one stayed with Dominic, but he he was killed instantly. He didn't have to suffer, which, you know, is a little, I don't even know what to call it, but it, it helped me to know that he didn't suffer laying on the sidewalk. I was in um, Atlanta at that time with my now husband for a family reunion, had just hugged my son the night before and didn't know it was our last hug and our last kiss and I love you. And I, I felt something was wrong. I had left the restaurant early in the morning after breakfast and I just dropped like somebody unplugged me and later on I found out it was the exact moment Dominic was killed, 5.45 a.m. My goodness. Now, Sabine, we, you know, one of the questions that I always ask angel parents because it is very important that people understand, um, that, uh, we have many jurisdictions, many, many state and local jurisdictions, whether they're cities, counties, or states, that protect these illegal aliens because they say that, uh, these folks contribute to the community and that they're not doing anything wrong right. and uh, then they go so far as to say well they are uh, they are in many ways positives right. what is what is your thinking when you hear that 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 kind of uh, of argument uh, for sanctuary communities I, I couldn't say what I really feel right here without getting censored but it's an outrage it's a travesty it's a slap in the face of every legal immigrant like me who stood in line. It's a slap in the face of every American citizen that obeys the law because we couldn't go any other country and do what they do. And these communities that shield these illegals in Riverside was a a sanctuary city before they called it that because they acted that way. This guy got away with everything. And I just recently found out, because we were trying to dig up when he was deported. He was never deported, even after his felony and armed robbery conviction. Um, They shield those people, and I don't care what race you are. I don't care where you're from. You could be from Germany and illegal. Um, You are not contributing. Not to the American society because the little bit of taxes they so-called pay when they, you know, buy a soda or something or, or, or get gas is not making up for the billions of dollars America puts out for illegals. And then it's the identity theft. It's they run around with fake documents. So you, you arrest one one day and the next day he's, he's back with a different driver license. 
So no, there is no positive from anything illegal. And like you always say, what what part about illegal do pe uh, people don't get? That's right. We recently reported how um, in Pennsylvania, the uh, Pennsylvania uh, Lawyers Association, if you can imagine, the Pennsylvania Lawyers Association is actually lobbying to uh, protect uh, illegal aliens. Uh, and, and, you know, when when a judicial when a group of people that are supposed to administer justice are uh, are, pro are are trying to protect people who broke the law i'm not sure where we're at i really don't know where we're at it's it's scary actually that some people still stand behind that and i wonder if they just leave their front door open and let anybody come in without checking them that's why we have doors and walls around our homes and when you have a party and it's mainly the left and there are some uh, republicans that are leaning that way when you have a party that protects those who have no right and no reason to be here because they are not here legally, when they protect them, you have to ask yourself with a healthy mind, why? And I wasn't into politics, George. I, I really didn't know a lot. And I've learned, sadly, so much in the last almost eight years that now it's about a new voter base. Well, Democrats are leaving because see that... Their party isn't really doing anything for Americans. They're more for illegals and refugees. And now they need those illegals with their driver license, which is an automatic regist uh, registering them to vote. They need them. They need them for cheap labor while Americans push aside. So when they used to cry about, oh, these poor illegals are in the shadows. No, they're not. They're pushing us in the shadows. We are being replaced, and people need to wake up that whether you like this president or don't, but illegal immigration affects each and every one of us. If you go to the hospital, you'll see if you share the road with them, because giving them a license doesn't make them a better driver. It's like handing me a pilot's license, and then I'm going to ask you to go up, you know, in a Cessna with me. <laughs> Nobody would in their right mind. But yet, they think that giving an illegal a driver license will make it all better. No, it doesn't. And we have to stop whispering. Dominic is, um, was African-American and German. He called himself German chocolate. And people still call me racist because they want to shut me up. I know you get that a lot. <laughs> they figure any Hispanic has to be all for illegal. No. It's about the law, and it's about protecting our families. I have no family left. I have no son left. I don't have any grandchildren. And I'm tired of meeting and hugging new angel moms and angel dads. And also what I wanted to mention, George, because there was such a lack of organizations that actually help us, uh, myself and five others created AVIAC. An organization, 501c3 organization called AVIAC, Advocates for Victims of Illegal Alien Crime. And we are out there talking to people that have been affected. We, we, we try to get them help. We try to guide them in the right direction. And Americans have to get behind Americans, not illegals. That is so true. I mean, I, it is very, very, uh, you know, so important that we understand that you know what is the point of being a citizen yes. if an illegal alien gets the same privileges rights and benefits i mean what's the point yeah and i asked a senator in dc i'm i i am in dc a lot pounding on doors trying to open their eyes i want to wanted pelosi to look in my eyes i don't care if she ever changes her mind or not i wanted her to feel my pain or a part of it just for a second and she runs she hides behind her walls. Because I asked a senator, when am I going to get a refund for my money I spent on becoming a citizen? Six years of filing paperwork, having, a, having money in the bank to support myself, having to fill out paperwork and sign that I will never receive any assistance from the government. And I was okay with it because you have to earn that. While illegals come over and demand 
The minute they come over, one foot over, they're already in demanding of doctors, nurses, hospital care, dropping an anchor baby here and there, so the whole family is protected. It's insanity on steroids, and people need to wake up and talking. Calling you a racist is just a tactic to shut you down. That's right. Respond to that. You know whether you are or not. That's right. But we have to speak out, and we have to stop this bleeding. And even now with the travel ban from Europe, I hope we close, shut the border down completely. Yeah, really. I mean, you know, well, we're, the back door open while the front we don't, door is closed. We have no idea who's coming in and what they're bringing in. <laughs> exactly. And it's proven. Yep. There are a lot of diseases being brought over that have been eradicated here. So it's to protect us. It's not against anybody. It's not a hateful thing. It's it's none of that. It's a pro-American thing. That's what yes. it is. And and we have to speak out. We have to get louder and and we have to share and we have to stop being afraid or waiting for somebody else to take care of it because they won't. That's right. You have to take care of it. Like you take care of your children and your neighbors. That's what we have to do and continue to do. I, it's not fun seeing every day another family, like the family in from Florida that was killed, four people of one family killed by a visa over there. I'm against that, too. I'm against anything illegal. Yeah, if they break the law, if they break the immigration law, they've broken the immigration law. Exactly. We need to have our, our um, politicians, left, right, middle, I don't care where they're at, enforce the laws on the book. We That's don't have right. to create nothing new. Just enforce what's on there. That's right. Sabine, we need to uh, to close up, but thank you very, very much for sharing your time with us. We'll have you back on again as, uh, as we George. continue to tell more stories about the, this. What you this do and, and for bringing such awareness and giving our children, our loved ones, a voice. I so appreciate you. And thank you very much, and I appreciate you. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer.